0: Good morning, people. Mark wasn't here yesterday, so I can't blame him for staying up late. Um, Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for everything that you are, everything that you do for us on a day in, day out basis. We pray for strength and wisdom to know how to comfort those who were grieving, those who were looking for your mercy and a touch from you, those who are looking for you to affirm them in your love. I pray for the ears of the hearers that we hear your word always as it was meant to be heard as, it, as if it was the very word of God, give us grace. Forgive us where we fall short and remember that we're but dust. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I've been toying with this subject of um, of vulnerability. I'm kind of fumbling around trying to really wrap my head around... This issue of how vulnerability plays into the life of the, the life of a body, how being vulnerable one with another. I'm gonna start out with a little definition I picked up just off of Google. Um, it's a Webster's definition of this issue of vulnerability. It says vulnerability is is a condition of being open to attack, either physically or in other ways, susceptible example given, we need to develop bold policies that we reduce vulnerability. Second definition, a willingness to show emotion or to allow one's weakness to be seen or known. A willingness to risk being hurt or attacked. And something I've, I've learned working with people for, for the past few years is I'm realizing more and more that part of our failure and our inability to truly bear each other's burdens is our inability to make ourselves vulnerable one to another and to see in each other's faces just meant, I mean, we're all just weak, fragile creatures trying to some kind of way fumble our way around and learn from God and and the leading of his Holy Spirit but when we lose their ability to do that, when you, you lose the ability to look in the weakest of your members, the weakest of brother and see, see within his face your own condition, you're unable to bear each other's burdens. How often do we hide our struggles? We walk as if everything's all well, afraid to be what we actually are, which is weak. Afraid to reveal to our brother how frail we actually are in real life, letting him know that we're just, we're just like him. But Christ did the exact opposite, right? In Hebrews, the second chapter says, since the children have flesh and blood, he shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death—that that is the devil and freed those who all their lives were held in slavery of fear and death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants, that he may make the atonement for the sins of the people, because he himself suffered. He, made, he was tempted. He's able to help those who were tempted. And I'm going to narrow in on another verse, that verse in 17, it says, For this reason, he had to be made like them. This is another verse in Hebrews. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become merciful and a faithful priest to the service of God. Now, Let's take a second to really think about what that statement has just said. For this reason, he had to be made like them, like his brother, fully human in every way in order that he might become merciful and faithful priests to the service of God. This verse is saying in order for Mercy to be shown, the king of all creation had to become in every way like a man. That statement alone should kind of mess us up. That should be fun to us. You could probably spend the rest of your life just studying that one verse. He had to open himself to the vulnerability and the weakness of a man. When Lazarus died, he wept like a man the vulnerability of being subject to pain like a man, the vulnerability of crying out in anguish at one point, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? He was subject to the emotions of the man. And the scripture suggests that had he not done so, it would impede upon his ability to show mercy to those who were in similar condition. And I'm convinced that it was the humility of Jesus that caused him to embrace weakness and vulnerability. But on the other hand, I'm also convinced that it's our pride and pretensions of strength that prevents us from both giving mercy and receiving it ourselves. When we walk about pretending that we're something that we next, when we're subject to all of these social pressures to be something that we all together in our souls know is not always true. We're not always all together. We're not always chipper. We're not always walking with the joy of the Lord. We're not always walking as spiritual creatures. Sometimes we're walking as weak, fragile men with all the other weaknesses of other men. Whereas Jesus became lowered himself and became like us. Sometimes the moment we get saved, we pretend that we something else. We pretend that we're not moment by moment like Christ was, moment by moment, ever in need of the grace of his Father. He took all nights at times in prayer. In order to truly bear each other's burdens, we must sit sit with them and not above them. Christ sat with those in darkness. Jesus was able to help those in temptation because the scripture says he was tempted in every way like unto his brothers. He was able to comfort those in grief because he himself in Isaiah, it says, was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. He was able to help those who were facing rejection from their own family because the scripture says that he came to his own and his own did not receive him. How often the reason we do not bear each other's burdens and are vulnerable one to another is because we do not see before us a mere man that's just like us. We don't see ourselves often. When you see a brother or a sister struggling in their weakness, do you see yourself as one above them or you see yourself as merely a man? Do you see in their face your own weakness reflected back to you? In order to truly bear the burdens of those in temptation, you got to see yourself as a mere man subject to the same temptations. In order to truly help those who are grieving, you must mourn with those who mourn. Even right now, we got got Rachel struggling with questions of her own mortality. And a lot, I'm sure, I could see it in people's faces, I could feel it. A lot of people are struggling with how do you How do you comfort a person in this condition? And I'm convinced a lot of times the reason we cannot comfort a person in that condition is because we haven't fully embraced our own mortality. The face of Rachel should reflect back to you yourself. All of us are in that bed with Rachel. It's just some of us haven't embraced it. We run away from the obvious. If you're a husband and you're looking in the face of Samuel, do you see yourself grieving over your wife? If you're a wife and you look in the face of Rachel, it's our placement reflecting back to you your own mortality. When you're willing to embrace your own weakness and vulnerability, you're able to walk with them who are suffering deeply and offer to them the mercy and the love and the compassion of Christ. But we often do not embrace our own fragility And this is the the irony of this, when we walk around pretending to be stronger than we actually are, the irony of this is that the king of all creation, in his word, allowed himself to be known as weak, dependent on the mercy of his father, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, a man who cried out, Lord, why have thou forsaken me? I look into the face of Rachel and I look at, listen to some of the prayers that she's praying and I hear Jesus in the garden as a man. Here's a quote I think illustrates the importance of this issue of vulnerability this is a Bonhoeffer quote. I always quote this. I always keep finding myself quoting this book because it's good. That book, Life Together, he said, It is possible that Christians remain lonely in spite of their daily worship together, their prayer together, in all of their community, community through service, that the final breakthrough of community does not occur precisely because they enjoy community with one another as pious believers but not with one another as those lacking piety, as sinners. For the pious community per- permits no one to be a sinner. Hence, all have to conceal their sins from themselves and from the community. We're not allowed to be sinners. Many Christians would be unimaginably horrified if a real sinner would suddenly turn up in their midst. So we remain alone with our sin trapped in our lies and hypocrisy, for we are in fact sinners. However, the grace of the gospel, which is so hard for the pious to comprehend, confronts us with truth. It says to you, you are a sinner, a great unholy sinner. Now come, as a sinner that you are, to your God who loves you. For God wants you as you are, not desiring anything from you, any sacrifice or any good deed, but rather desiring you alone. My child, give me your heart. God has come to you to make a sinner blessed, so rejoice. The message is liberation through truth. You cannot hide from God. The mask you wear in the presence of other people won't get you anywhere in the presence of God. God wants to see you as you are. He wants to be gracious to you. You do not have to go on lying to yourself and to other Christians as if you were without sin. You're allowed to be weak. Thank God for that. God loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And one of the greatest truths I find in Bonhoeffer's little spill here is that our inability to reveal ourselves if we as weak eventuates in loneliness, and I see it all of the time. Right now, they might be brothers struggling with temptation, walking alone, afraid to unmask themselves and be vulnerable, unwilling to be vulnerable, pretending that everything's okay. Right now, are there sisters? Could they have sisters here who are going about their daily tasks Feeling that their life has no purpose, yet does not tell a living soul what they weep on their pillow at night. Right now, could there be amongst us those struggling, even with theology and the very existence of God, alone, afraid to tell a single soul about their dilemma? Could there be men here laboring in the metal shop or in the hog barn? who are being ravaged by depression, unable to take the risk of vulnerability to another brother. So they walk alone, struggling in their depression. Yet there's no need to walk in loneliness. There's no need to walk alone because your brother is just like you. He's just a man subject to the same frailties and weakness, just like you are. And we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weakness because we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet did not sin. But I'm going to tell you that mercy, you may pray about your condition. You may pray about your weakness, but often that mercy is not being expressed because God is not attempting to express mercy to us in some, just in some spiritual or mystical means the body of Christ itself was God's divine provision to provide for you mercy, to provide for you compassion. In fact, Christ left on the earth a means for us to show our love towards him and his people. That's why on the other side, he could say, I was hungry. You didn't give me nothing to drink. I was thirsty. I was hungry. You didn't give me nothing to eat. Thirsty. You didn't give me nothing to drink. I was in prison. You did not witness me. Lord, where did we see you in this condition? Just like you didn't do it for the least of these, my brethren, you did not do it unto me. Boy, that's some hard stuff. We're all men, subject to the frailties of men. Recently, I was getting kind of high in the britches, maybe in my conversation, forgetting that. And a brother looked at me, and I was talking about somebody, a brother looked at me and said, maybe you just need to walk a mile. And I thank him for that. Because sometimes that's exactly what we have to do. Walk a mile in another man's shoes. When was the last time you unmasked and bore your soul to another human? Or when was the last time another saint did so to you? Now think about this for a second. The scripture says, bear one another's burden, and so we fulfill the law of Christ. So what is it? What is it that prevents an environment where people could feel liberty to bear each other's burdens? I think it's one of two things. It's either pride or the fear of man. The fear of man is what, the fear of what a man thinks as we show ourselves weak or the pretensions that we're trying to show ourselves stronger than we actually are is the very thing that interferes with us laying down our lives for one another. Peter wasn't ready. When he was strong to bear bear the burdens of others, he had the first be revealed as a weak man who denied his Lord. Isaiah was not ready when he cried out criticism against drunkards. He had the first become a man when he said, woe is me, I'm undone. Paul was not ready when he was chasing down the enemies of Christ, the enemies of God. He had to become weak, realize that he was the enemy of God. God had to show these men their own weakness to show them that they were just men. I'm wrapping up here. Look at Christ, a true example of vulnerability. I don't know why i never really seen that to, to this moment in my life, but look, think about this for a second. This is Matthew 26. So as Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here a while, I go over to pray. He took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch. He went a little further and bowed his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering pass from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even an hour? I really, really think about this for a second. We have Christ himself. The Lord of creation, the lion of the tribe of Judah, bearing his soul to a man. Just slow down and think about this for a second. He says to Peter, James, and John, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch Peter, couldn't you just watch for me for an hour? If the God of creation took the risk of showing himself weak to another man, then who am I to pretend to be anything other than that? You could say, well, of course, he's just about to get crucified. He's just, no, but look at who we're talking about. It's what's different about him. He was a man of no reputation. With vulnerability comes risk, yet for the sake of the body, our lives must be available, our hearts must be accessible. We must open our heart to the pain of misunderstandings, the pain of vulnerability, the pain of being viewed as what we actually are, weak. Confess your faults one to another. Confess your weakness one to another. And in the end, the scripture says, we'll be healed.